So this episode number 22 goes out on November 13th. Normally I wouldn't mention that because the date's not important. However, it is Friday the 13th. Now, how many people out there are superstitious about Friday the 13th? If you are, don't worry about it. If you look at how well 2020's gone so far, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, if in doubt, stay in, listen to the podcast, pour yourself a nice drink, alcoholic if it's in the afternoon, and uh, watch some movies on Netflix. I've got some recommendations coming up. So that's the intro done for episode 22. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Magic Talks, hosted by Magic Man London. Magic Talks, Magic Man London. So another action-packed podcast coming to you direct from... Direct from? I don't know where that came from. Anyway, in this week's podcast, uh, I'm going to start off by giving you tips on setting goals, what goals I want to accomplish and why. Uh, number two, how I remember all the magic effects that I do, the funny lines that go with it, and everything else that I need to remember. Uh, after that, I'll be talking about event packages. So I've been working on it for a while, struggling, and then I was out this morning in the park getting some fresh air, had an epiphany, um, which now makes it a lot easier for me to do what I need to do. Uh, film recommendations, they're all coming from Netflix this week. So if you're looking for good Christmas movies, I've got you covered, don't worry. Uh, find out what I'm doing next week at a COVID secure venue. Uh, Christmas ideas and a magic story that involves fire. There we go. <laughs> that, that should be my intro, but it's not. Uh, so number one, number one, we're going to kick off the podcast with goals, why we need them and what we can do to get there. Now, all the advice I'm going to give you or the little tips aren't mine as such, there's something I picked up from someone the other day who gave a, I want to say a Zoom like masterclass, it was epic, but I thought I'll pass tiny bits of it on. However, if you want more information, or kind of someone who's done it properly and all that sort of stuff, you need to follow her on Instagram. So her name is Juliet Tripp. So if you go onto Instagram and search for Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T-T, R-I-double-P event, you will find her, give her a follow, well worth following, uh, and she's a genuinely nice person. So, I'm going to pause it there just for a second, but you won't notice that, what's it? And there's the pause that never happened but did. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you that know, a few years ago I wanted my own TV show, and we got quite far with it, and then we hit hiccups, and it just didn't seem like the right thing to do at that moment. So we put it on the back burner and then it's kind of fizzled out, which I'm quite happy about because it means I can now refocus on it and go in with a better understanding of what I need. So um, one of the things Juliet gives as a piece of advice is get specific on what you want. So I went, I'd love a TV show, uh, a magic TV show uh, on Netflix or Sky but any other channel will do. Um, I didn't have a name for it. I, I, hadn't, I had a good idea on what I wanted the show to be, and I got people to sign non-disclosure agreements, and I told them, but I didn't tell them everything. I kept a bit back for myself, which I think was the key point. Um, I gave them as much information as they needed. I think you can apply this to most things. Give them as much information 
that you can to them. That didn't make sense, but I'm going to go with it. You know what I meant. Um, see, this proves the show isn't scripted. Not the TV show. That is happening next year. I've got it in my head now. It's all sorted, kind of. So, uh, I'm working on the name of it. I know what time I want it to go out. So, if it's going out on Sky, which I think is the preferred platform at the moment, Netflix, because it seems Netflix has most of the magic shows. There's not many on Sky. And with the concept that I've got, I think it will work when on Sky. Um, so I think going out kind of 8, 9 o'clock at night on a Saturday, like prime time, I'm not messing around. Um, what sort of guests I want to have on, I've made a list already. Um, I can't tell you the sort of guests I want to have on because then that will kind of give you a little inkling into what the show's about and I want to keep that all secret. Uh, and the theme of it. Again, I can't tell you what the theme is. It's, it's magic based. Um... But it's doing magic like no one's ever done before. Exploring something, a concept and other little bits that no one's put in a show before. I think there might be a few papers written on it, but nothing concrete. So it's like, cool, done. Those are specifics. So what's the first thing I can do? Well, the first thing I can do, I've got thousands of connections on LinkedIn. Uh, I've got a great black book of people that I know, I've got contacts from film and TV, I can drop them a message, I can pick up the phone, going, hey, um, I've got this idea for a TV show, where do I start, who do I need to speak to, and just go along that way. So I can start collaborating with people. Um, I know plenty of magicians who have done TV shows in the past, and I have access to them, either through social media, picking up the phone, um, I can call them going, Look, you've done TV shows before. There's a magician called Drummond Money Coots who has had a show on Netflix. Uh, and I know the chap who prints some of his playing cards. And I'll come on to that in a minute. Cause that's another thing I want to do. But I want to get through the TV show first. Oh, I need to remember to slow down. Anyway, breathe. Breathe with me. <laughs> um, Where was I? Oh, yes. Missing a few steps for the TV show just to make the podcast manageable length. Um, we need to celebrate the small wins. So if I come up with a name or I have another idea, I need to do something to celebrate, whether that's a little glass of wine, if it's a big celebration, maybe a bottle. Um, but just doing something that you wouldn't necessarily do. What's the matter with me today? You know what I mean. Anyway, uh, moving on to something else I want to do. Uh, I want to have my own pack of playing cards. Uh, something I thought about for a long time, I was tempted to have like Magic Man London playing cards. And I was to have my logo on the back and make them look all nice, like casino quality and stuff like that. And uh, <clears throat> it sounds great, but there's so many dodgy packs of cards out there when you're learning magic. And I want people to know I'm using a normal pack. I want to be able to give my packs out afterwards. So, where do I start? Well, you don't really need a name for it, but I know what I want it to look like. Um, and as I mentioned, Drum and Money Coots, who had a Netflix show, there's a chap called Phil who designed a pack of cards for him, for the show, I think. I think Phil does a lot of designing. Uh, so I dropped Phil a message a while ago going, look, I'm thinking about producing my own brand of playing cards, any advice? And he kind of Give me huge things of kind of crowdfunding. Do I just want them for my own use? Do I want to 
make them available to thousands. That depends on the paper stock and everything you need. Um, so I've now written down a list of things I need to do. And I thought I need somebody to design them and I want them to look... In my head I know what I want. So I need somebody to basically download the images from my head of what I want the pack to look like and make it. Uh, there was a magician called Caroline Raven who lives in Sweden who's got numerous packs of cards she's designed with somebody. So I dropped him a message and then he said speak to this person. So I've now got all the information I need. I just need to get out there and do it. Um, is there anything you'd like in a pack of cards apart from the obvious? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about having like a little card that gives you like a simple trick you can do or something like that. Uh, moving on down my list, I want to learn a saxophone. It's on my vision board. It was on my vision board from the very beginning. I think there's something beautiful about learning the sax. Not learning the sax, playing it. The amount of events I've been to where... <coughs> sorry. The amount of events I've been to where there's been like somebody playing the sax and it's just kind of... They make it look so easy. They just pick it up and go... It, it's better than that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> What is, there, is there something in my water today? Um, is there something in the water? Are they doing something? No, the water's fine. <laughs> I should not be saying this on Friday the 13th, but I'm recording it on a Thursday, so I'm fine. Uh, but I digress. So, if I wanted to break it down, as I did kind of the TV show, I need to get specific. What sort of music do I want to play on the sax? Um... I said sax, not the other thing, because I know somebody's going to try and call me out on that. I'm not letting them this week, and they know exactly who they are. <laughs> um, some of the stuff I'm saying on here isn't meant to be rude, and it doesn't come across as rude, but some people have that brain that turns it into something. Um, or I pause on a really bad word. Oh, it's not a bad word. It's a clean word, but because of the pause on it, it, it sounds dirty. Um, it's not... I haven't scripted it to sound dirty, trust me. If you wanted that... I could do a whole podcast on that called Magic After Dark. Um, but that's another podcast for another day, and it's not happening yet for obvious reasons. But back to the saxophone. Um, where do I want to play it? So do I want to do, finish my magic attack with it? If I'm doing like a, a stage show at a wedding or something like that or at the end, does my last trick want to kind of finish and then I do the saxophone for a couple of minutes? If you look at Lee Evans when he did his... He was not the first by any means, but kind of he brought it into the mainstream. He did his comedy, and at the end he sat on the piano, sang and played the piano. It was beautiful. Um, and I think more people should do it. And there's a shop up on, up on, up in London on the South Bank that sells saxophones. So once this whole coronavirus thing magic is over, um, I want to go up, talk to them, pick up the saxophones and have a little playing just to kind of get a feel of it. But you can't do that at the moment. Well, especially at the moment as a close because we're in lockdown 2.0, as I mentioned in previous podcasts. Podcast. Um, but as soon as it's safe to, I want to go up, have a chat, and just go, is it actually for me? The amount of people who want to learn how to fly, and then they have the first flying lesson and go, I hate it, I want to sit in the back. <laughs> it's like, okay. So yeah, it's something that I've always loved the sound of, and I want to learn it. Uh, one top tip, if you want to learn anything, and this came from a magician called John Carney, uh, who knows somebody who's trying to learn the banjo. It's a long story. It's not a long story. 
He said, rather than learning all the chords and everything like that, because you can, there's certain magic books I can read from start to finish. No, loads of methods, but not have any tricks. If you want to learn something, like a magic trick or learning how to play the sax, find a song you like that's not too complicated to start with and learn that, because then you're learning the right chords for that song. One, just learning chords for the sake of it, you're never going to use. That saxophone, what else do I want to do? Do, do, do? So the TV is kind of the big thing I want to accomplish within either a year or two years. Uh, saxophone, yeah, that's kind of, I can do that next year. But one thing I really want to try and do this year is get guests on my podcast. Because as much as you love listening to my voice, don't tell me you don't want guests on. Um, so I was speaking to the woman, Lara, who helped me with my vision board at the very beginning. And she's so what are some of the goals you want to do? I said, I'd love to have guests on my podcast. And she went, right, what are you doing to do it? Um, and we stopped it there because the same evening, Juliet was giving a talk on your goals. So we didn't want to necessarily mix the two straight away. Um, but she went, first of all, write down a list of five people or three people that you want on your show. And then I'll write questions for them. So before I've even contacted them, I want to write some questions. So I've got something. And then number three, um, make contact and get them on the show. So what's stopping me from doing it next week? Well, there's a piece of kit that I need called the Rodecaster Pro and microphone and a couple of other bits. But that's like nearly, I think, £750 or something. That because I'm not doing my normal gigs at the moment, I don't have that money lying around. So I'm working out ways to do it, whether that's kind of using other skills I'm good at, like security, but I really don't want to do that. And great at like designing stuff for social media. So if, you, um, if you're running any Christmas ads or you want to make your Instagram stories look fancy or your Instagra Instagram posts look good um, and you send me the pictures and everything, I can make it look better. Um, for example, if you look on my Instagram today, because I know there'll be something new, um, I went to the park and took some pictures and they're lovely pictures. But one, just putting pictures up, I turn them into not a masterpiece, but it just looks easy on the eye, put a bit of music with it. Um, so that is that. And one more thing. One more thing. Do I talk about this or not? Um, yeah, let's go for it. So for those of you that know me, you know how much I like going out, meeting people, talking to people. I'm a people person. Um, I hate online dating with a vengeance. I've tried it before. Um, and I think the longest I've gone in it was maybe a month. And that was during lockdown. So it's just like, why not? And then I, I did it during lockdown one. Um, and I thought, even if I meet someone on there, you can't meet up because it was against the rules. So that kind of scuppered that. Um, and then I did it again a while ago, and it, this must have been the record. Um, I downloaded it, went and had a cup of tea, came back, deleted it. It's just like, no, can't do it. Um, what's your view on online dating? Do you like it? Don't you like it? And I want to know your reasons why. Um, what happened to the good old days, apart from coronavirus, the good old days of talking to people um, and doing it that way? Not in a nightclub or a nightclub. I haven't been to a nightclub in years. I go to like bars and everything. Um, have we lost that human interaction? Do we now just kind of go out with our mates and not talk to other people? If not, why? It's also great network, great networking. Um, the amount of 
gigs and contacts I've made by doing magic in a bar, talking to people on a train. Uh, short story, I was on the district line many years ago and uh, there was a woman sitting opposite me and I was messing around with a pack of cards and uh, I saw her looking. I can't remember the exact line I said. I said something that caught her attention or she said something. Uh, that's like a he said, she said. Uh, I said, where are you getting off? And she went, oh, it's caught, which I think was the next stop. So I had the white stick on me. I did the stitch trick, gave her a business card. Um, and then I ended up doing an event for her. I think it was a year later. But it's like, it didn't cost me anything to sit on the train having fun with myself. Um, and to continue that sentence, because <laughs> that sounded wrong. That, the second that came out, it's like, that's not what I meant. Whenever I sit on a train, I like having a pack of cards, messing around, grabbing people's attention without... There's that lovely look people give when they kind of see the fancy shuffles and they kind of look. And then you wait for them to do it again and then you go, do you want to see something? The amount of times I've done magic for people on the tube, uh, on the last train back from London. Just, I've done it in the back of an Uber. I've got, if you go back a few episodes, that's the magic story. Um, I love what I do. I was put on this planet as I've said plenty of times before, to do magic, to make people happy. Um, we were having a new floor at home the other day, and uh, the chap went, what do you do? I said, I'm a magician, showed him some tricks. So it was socially distanced, because he was in the house in one room, I was in the landing, and uh, he loved it. And like, That's what you can't get over Zoom or anything like that. As good as Zoom is, um, it's just not something that I'm willing to invest time and energy into because I don't think it will work for me. Oh, let's have a little break after that. That went off on a tangent, but I think it's a nice tangent. Um, so yeah, at the end, once you've written down all your goals and you've been through all of those, go, what one thing can I do this week to get closer to my goals? Um, I'm not going to tell you what I've done because you'll find out what I've done when it finally drops and goes, here we go. Remember that thing I was talking about a few months ago? Here it is. Blimey, I was not expecting that to take nearly 18 minutes. Never mind. Um, the film one only takes a couple of seconds. So coming in at number two, uh, remembering effects and lines that go with it. Um, I've done tricks thousands of times. The stick trick, I've lost count. It's probably coming up to like at least eight, 9,000 times. I've been doing it that long. And the amount of times I do it every day, at events and just kind of general and I think it's a good trick now I thought it was a great trick when I started but kind of the if you're doing a trick for more than three years and people are still loving it and you're still loving it you know what it's a, it's a good trick um there was a story I'm probably gonna hash the story right up uh Siegfried and Roy two of the big magicians in Vegas um one of them got attacked by a tiger many years ago but there's a magician called Di Vernon, who is the professor, a great magician. Um, where am I going with it? That's where I'm going with it. And uh, Sigrid and Roy put on the, the first ever show in Vegas, and they were kind of they were waiting to see what the professor was going to say about it. And uh, they went after the show. So, like, so, professor, what do you think of the show? And it's like, eh. I'll let you know. Um, he was basically saying the first show is never going to be the best show. There's going to be issues. If you're still doing that same show in a year, two years, three years' time, you won't recognise it as the original show you were doing. Um, 
Where am I going with it? Oh yes, remembering effects. I don't know where that tangent came from. No idea, but there it is. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Uh, I'm not sure how I remember all the tricks I do and all the like scripts that go with it. However, I do have a few pointers. Uh, they are all written down in various notebooks of different colours. So I've got my black notebooks, my red, my blue, uh, and a couple of other colours. So some of the notebooks have ideas that are kind of, they're almost there but not quite ready. I've tried them, they get good reactions but not as good as I want. Uh, the black ones are like card under box, card to pocket, the tricks, the staple tricks I do. Um, how many tricks do I know? I'm not sure, but I can probably do, I'm probably going to say like eight or nine that I can do with my eyes closed that just go bang, bang, bang. Um, but for those of you that have seen me perform, you'll think I know a lot more. Because a lot of the time, oh, that's just fallen off the wall. A lot of the time, um, what am I trying to say? Oh, yes. The trick looks different, and it is, but the moves are the same. We just change the order in which they happen, the scripting. The scripting is so important. Um, if you go back to one of the episodes, I can't remember which one, I'll try and dig it out and update this podcast if I can find it in time. Um, the amount of times I go out, road test new material, and it's good, but it's not as good as I want it to be. When I come home and run through those 13 steps, I can guarantee, pretty much, either my timing's going to be off on it, so the effect looked good, but the time, the beats weren't right, uh, or the scripting would be wrong. Many years ago, there was a trick I was working on that I was really proud of, and I showed it to somebody, and he's like, it's not right, but don't change anything. So like, what? It's not right, but don't change anything. Well, what am I meant to do with that? Um, so I went home, worked on it for a couple of weeks, to say, but it, it's, it's fine. Uh, and then I changed the script. I thought that's the only thing I can change. I changed the script, and that changed the whole trick. Um, and it's now one of my favourite tricks to do, but I'm not going to tell you which one. It's not card on the box, and it's not the stick trick. So, for those of you that have seen me perform, you can probably work it out. You can almost put money on it. There you go. That's the only clue you're getting. Um, so I have little notebooks that have all the one-liners in. Uh, and they normally start off on my phone or in a notepad if I got it on me when I'm working. And this is the key to it. Whenever you're doing a trick and you finish, listen to people. Um, this applies not just magic, this applies to pretty much life in general. They go again, deep and meaningful now. Um, tell your story, do whatever you need to do, and then shut up and listen. Because that's when you get some of the best one-liners in the world. Or people going, I wouldn't be cool if you could do this. Um, there's a trick I do where one of the cards changes colour. And then the whole pack ends up changing colour. And it used to be just the card that changed colour. And then somebody went, wouldn't it be cool if you could make the whole pack change colour? And I hadn't even thought about putting that as an ending because the card changing colour was the final ending because it's got their signature on it. Um, it is now one of the tricks I do every now and again when I've got the time. It's not a trick I do mix and mingle, like walking around because you need a table for it. Having said that, and you need a group because, yes, you can do it with two, three people, but you want a dindy like 10 to 15 and then everyone gets to experience it and it's one of those beautiful tricks. So I either do that one or card under box. I tried doing card under box with a colour changing card. 
gets far too complicated, you lose the plot. So yeah, I've got notebooks with concepts in, I've got notebooks with explanations in, but you'll never find an effect and a method in the same book. So it's a bit like a spy thing. And they're not in all the same. So say for example, I've got a black book with my top five tricks in. I will write down in that book exactly what you see. So not from my point of view, this is what you will remember. And then in like a red book or another book, I will put a little reference, so I know what it means, um, to the method. I've also got some of them saved in the cloud and stuff like that. I've left little bits out, or I put them on the end of different videos, so you're never gonna find them, um, and they're unlisted as well. So that's how I remember effects, the funny one-liners. Funny story though, I say funny story, it's not funny at all. It's just an interesting story. There is a trick I do where you put two jokers, you get someone to choose a card, you put the two jokers in the hand, they close the hand and their card appears in between the jokers. It's a brilliant trick. There's also a version where it happens in the pack. And I was practicing it the other day and I haven't done it in ages and I, I forgot how it ended. Well, I didn't. I remember how it ended but I was combining two different tricks together. So the way this trick was trying to end would never work because just like the sleight of hand and everything that makes it happen isn't there. So I tried it on my dad, took a few attempts, and now I know what it is. I went upstairs, wrote it down, videoed it. It's like, right, that is never going away. <laughs> uh, moving on, event packages. So I do weddings, corporate events, trade shows, um, hen parties, you name it, I've probably done it. Never done a funeral, and I'm, I think I've explained why before. So I was reworking my packages, because apparently the rule of three is better. I was like, okay. And I was really struggling on kind of what you can have in different packages. Because I was looking at venues and stuff like that and see what they were doing. Now when a venue does a package, they've got a major advantage over me. First of all, they've got a venue. So they can go, for this price you can have this room and just give a list of stuff. So you've got different price brackets. With me, you've just got magic. Well, I said just got magic, you've got kind of the entertainment for the day. But if you're doing a wedding, uh, you've got the reception slash photographs, you've got the wedding breakfast itself, you've got the change over time. So if it's at a venue and people are staying at that venue or there's an evening event, people might want that and then you've got the evening event. So I thought, right, if I was doing, I, I was really, I'm gonna get my head around this. It's all written down, but I've written it down in my unique way, so I need to get that across to you. Um, so here's the thing, and this is a bit bizarre. As I'm recording this, I got a quick um, Facebook message from somebody that I know going, just got engaged, planning our wedding. Um, how much do you charge? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, I need some information first, such as, have you set a date yet? Uh, whereabouts is that how many people you're expecting? If you're expecting 50 people, well, I can normally do 50 people an hour. But that depends on whether it's mix and mingle or I've got to get round tables. But even then, I can probably do it. Most weddings I do have upwards to 200 people. Anything two to 300 I can do with tables and mix and mingle. 
if you want to go bigger, you probably need two magicians to cover it with your lot of time that you need. Um, and I mentioned that I've got an amazing list of suppliers from fireworks to caterers to cakes to balloons, uh, people who can get you married, amazing venues. So rather than just calling me out going, how much do you charge to do magic? I can help you almost plan your wedding. I'm not a wedding planner by any means. I, I know plenty of wedding planners um, and I can give you their details as well. So it's going, this is what I'm great at and this is why it's good for you. For example, I could go, I've worked at some of the top hotels in London from the Langham to the Connell. I've done a wide range of events. I'm on the books for the Sky Gardens, Chiswick House, uh, and various other ones. It's like, great, but how does that benefit me? It's like, right, to get on their suppliers list, you've got to work for them in the past. So you haven't just shown them a few tricks, they've seen you in a working environment. Uh, and that's the route I'm going down. So once I've done all of that, I'll then make packages. So there's a price bracket for everyone. I still make bespoke packages for most of the events I do. But it turns out, as good as bespoke packages are, people want a rough idea. So from this price, from that price. It means they're not calling and going, oh, we've got this much to spend. And then you're going, sorry, I can't do that. Um, so yeah, packages are coming, but I'm doing them for trade shows, weddings, dinner parties, normal parties. I'm making a package for each one. But each package has three options. Um, moving on from event packages, uh, we're going to move into Christmas movies. So yes, I'm starting Christmas early this year because I, I just think that it's needed. Uh, so three movies, two movies that I've currently watched and one that I'm going to finish the next few days. Uh, number one is Holidate. Uh, so H-O-L-I, date. Um, it's one of those films you can sit back, get some popcorn, relax, and it's quite good fun. Operation Christmas Drop, uh, I didn't know until the end, it's based on a true story. Um, set in like the Caribbean and stuff like that. Well worth watching, a bit of a history lesson as well. And the one I'm watching at the moment, is kind of, it's meant for kids, but it's actually good fun, uh, is The Christmas Chronicles. These are all on Netflix. Um, if you've got any other film recommendations, let me know. Um, I, I'm kind of binging my way through Netflix and Amazon pretty quickly. I don't think they can make films quickly enough. I'm also binge watching How I Met Your Mother on Netflix. Um, it's just it's just such easy viewing. You can sit down, watch it, and be good with it. Uh, and leverage. If you remember Spooks, it's kind of not like Spooks at all, but it's kind of con artists and stuff like that. Um, well worth watching. If you haven't seen it yet, start on season one. Um, you have to watch about two or three to get into it. If you watch episode one, you go, uh, two, three, you kind of start picking it up and then they're really good fun. So we are going to take a little break and I'll be right back. Uh, I'm going to leave out Christmas ideas, we'll do that in episode 23. If you've got any ideas for kind of Christmas, ways in which I can make my home office look more Christmassy, whether it's lights, fake snow, whatever, let me know and uh, I will put the results on Instagram. But next week, uh, I'm hoping to record the podcast on Thursday. If it looks like I won't be able to, I'll record it on Wednesday, but yeah. 
or I'll record it late on Thursday. So there will be a podcast next Friday. It might be later than planned, um, but it will definitely go out. There you go. Done that little bit. Um, so next week I am going to a venue that I've been to a few times, and it's an amazing little venue in Woking called Woodhaven. It's like an eco home, but they do weddings. They do a wide range of things. There's swimming pool. They do yoga downstairs. or get yoga instructors. It's kind of it's one of those venues that's kind of you can look at the photos and it looks beautiful when you actually go and visit it. It's, oh, yeah. Um, but we're allowed to do that under lockdown restrictions because it's a COVID secure venue. Um, so they take your temperature and everything like that. Uh, and keep our distance, but photo shoots are allowed to go ahead. So I'm gonna go down and do some magic for them, socially distance, of course. Um, so yeah, that's in the calendar for next week and I'm really looking forward to it. For, for a variety of reasons. First of all, I get to catch up with people that I haven't seen in a while that I do events with, like Lara, who does amazing cakes, and Nikki, who lives in the venue, kind of, her house is the venue. Um, if you're looking to get married, by the way, and you want me to do the magic, I can, we're working on packages at the moment. So rather than me just going, here are three options, Nikki's going to do something and you can bundle it all together. So then if you're planning on getting married or having a party, you can have everything with one price, which is a lot nicer. Uh, it's entirely up to you. But I digress. Where was I? Oh, yes. Because I know them and they know the sort of magic I do, it's a great opportunity for me to test out all the magic I've been working out or working on during lockdown. Because I haven't been able to go out and road test it in the normal conventional sense, like at live events or in pubs where I test a lot of the stuff out. Because if it works in a pub when people are drunk, it will work anywhere, including corporate. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that. That was just a quick story, something I'm looking forward to. I will mention more about it uh, in the next podcast. If I record it after I've been, if I haven't, I'll do it in the one after that. Uh, so yeah, basically looking forward to that. Um, coming up next is the magic story, and uh, let's just put it this way: I wish there was a video to go with it. So here comes magic story of the week. Magic story of the week. So this week's magic story comes from a Christmas party I did, God, a few years ago now. Uh, for one of the big drinks company, and I still remember it. Uh, I turned up and there were thousands of people. Uh, luckily, I had the initiative, or someone gave me the initiative when I went, there's going to be thousands of people, one magician, how do I get round everyone? I managed it. That was a story in itself, but I've just given you the punchline, so there's not much, there's not much point in giving you the story. Uh, and someone said, get stickers. Stickers with your logo on, if you can get them, and have like five different colours with the five sets you do, so the tricks you do. That way, every person you do a trick on, you can put a stick on them, and first of all, it lets the booker know that it's been done, and it also tells you what tricks you've been done. So it's slightly more, it's not the normal way I perform, but I wasn't expecting that many people. They added more people on without telling me, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> then they listen to this. Um, but this was the story, there was a trick that I'd been doing a couple of months uh, and it was perfect for Christmas because it had uh, 
fire and snow and all sorts of stuff. I've now completely reworked that trick. Well, I've actually scrapped the trick because I streamlined it. So for those of you that remember the really old trick of the cups and balls, it's that, but with cocktail measures. So you know when they measure out kind of the shots, they pour them in and then tip them into the glass um, if you're mixing it. God, I haven't been to a bar in ages. I, I miss that. Anyway, um, I'm doing this trick and, and they're enjoying it. But the main reason I do this trick is for the ending. It's, it's such an epic ending. And uh, we're right by the bar and I'm doing the trick and I get my magic wand out. It's a little light. Well, I say magic wand. It's a lighter. Uh, but it's one that you push down and you get that like flame. So it's not one that you have to strike. Um, because you don't want one of those not lighting at like, the climax of the trick. So I get this fire, I touch the little balls of paper on top and it's like vroom. There is more fire than I care to remember. Um, I took a step back, one person was leaning in at the beginning, I went lean back, I know what's about to happen, I wasn't expecting this. So it turns out, when I ignited the paper, a tiny bit of the paper, while it was still on fire, for a split second, Touch the table. Nothing wrong with that, it's paper. Yeah, because people have been drinking vodka and stuff like that, the second the paper touched, <laughs> that thin layer of alcohol on the top of the table went, oh, we can burn off now, and go vroom. It looked spectacular, everyone turned around, everyone then wanted to see that trick. Because um, that was the trick I was waiting until I was in a certain area of the venue. And it's like, I, I can't, I can't do that trick again. Not tonight, because everyone's expecting that huge ball of fire. So I thought, unless I bring a bottle of vodka around with me and pour it over the table before I start the trick, it's not going to work. But it's like, people wanted to see it, so it's like, fine, let's, let's do it. And I worked out a way that I could get a tiny bit more fire before. Not as much as before, but it still looked impressive. Um... And I don't mind telling you how this bit works. I basically, in my pocket, had a tiny bit of... It's kind of like a hand sanitizer. Because you're getting people to shuffle cards and like that, every now and again you need to wash your hands. Um, this was long before COVID was even a thing. So I put a tiny bit of that on the table, and because it's alcohol, if you read the side of it, it says highly flammable. But if you just put a tiny bit and like rub it on the table, please don't do this. If you do this, I accept full... Like, I accept no responsibility for any buildings you might burn down. Um, you need to experiment with it. I thought it can't be that bad, and it did look good. But now I'll just do the trick as per normal and make sure there isn't any alcohol on the table. Because if that one person had been a tiny bit too close, that would have been a whole different story. But that's the trick that everyone talked about that evening. So when someone goes, what's the best trick you do? Well, it depends on the environment and the person. It changes. A lot of the time, it's going to be card to wallet or the white stick. Um, I know lots of you haven't seen the white stick. You'll see it one day if you actually meet me. If you meet me, nine times out of ten, I'll have the white stick on me. So, I'll have to see a magic trick, and that's the one I'll start with. So, uh, that's the magic story of the week. Hope you've enjoyed episode 22. Um, let me know if there's anything you want in future episodes. Uh, if you can think out a way of me getting the equipment I need to get guests on sooner, let me know. Uh, I am working on lots of different ideas at the moment, but look after yourself, most importantly. Pick up the phone, talk to people, and 
have a lovely day and I will see you all next week for episode 23 of Magic Talks. Take care. Bye. Magic Talks. Magic Man Talks.